This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. No, well, I mean, I can, can hear you me in the out. room, but I can't hear the headphones. That's the problem. Um, I'm okay. Uh, that was my problem. Is you were hearing me on uh, your microphone? <laughs> I think we got that technical issue solved now. So. We know what we're doing. Welcome. We know. Shut up. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Who asked alone. you? Screw you. We know what we're doing at our jobs. <laughs> we've been doing for multiple decades. Screw you. So the election's over, and uh, we couldn't be happier about that oh. aspect. It's oh, it uh, finally, so finally, finally over. Uh, you know, last night I kind of wrote this, you know, like we were talking about yesterday on the air, right? sort of in that vein, a post. And, and uh, just to show you can't please everybody, um, I actually heard from somebody who called me a sellout now, just like Ted Cruz, because now we are giving Trump a chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It, but see, the election is over, and we stuck to our guns the entire time, and now he won. And so what are you supposed to do? Right. What do we do now? What do we... I mean, if I was to be obstinate, I guess I could say I won't support a single thing that man does, and I don't care what it is, even if it's things I like. I will not say a good word about him! Weird. I don't yeah, know. I mean, It's I, weird. This is... And we've said this a million times, but it's it's like... If you have a guy who's never been, particularly never been in office, but, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who is, has never been president, all you can do is judge him on the things he said and how you project that to be utilized in the presidency. Yeah. You know, and whether and, or not we believe his transition to Republicanism, right. do we believe it? And we didn't. And we didn't. Uh, and, you know, because a lot of it, I think, you know, you know it was interesting to listen to that. Uh, the first hundred days thing that we were talking about, like I didn't hear the six hundred eighty billion dollar child care act. No, he didn't does talk that, about that. I, does that happen or not? I mean, right. right. But again, all that information was utilized to see how he would be as president. Well, that mm-hmm. discussion's over because now he's going to be president. So now you can just judge him on how he's b- doing in the job. It makes it a lot easier. Right. You don't have to price in. They, like people, when we were talking about the, he, he wrote this thing about climate change in there where he's going to stop paying all the money for climate change, which is obviously which something I, like. uh, I agree with. Yeah. However, 
So people were setting us well in 2009. He said we needed massive action on the climate. Well, and in right, 2012, but, he said that. But okay, but, but the point that's is that's not what he's saying now. Right, it's not what he's saying. He's saying now. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to actually do the things that we like about the climate. Yeah. But that's what we will judge him on, whether he does them or not. The fact that in 2009 he had a different opinion. The only reason that's valid and interesting per se is because we want we want to project what he's going to do in the presidency. It was um, valid really before the election when we right. said okay. I don't know that we can trust this guy on good conservative policies right now, so let's not elect him. Right. Okay, well, that's out the window. We did, he was elected. Yeah, and, and, and the, the American people spoke. He's elected. Now we have to just hope and pray. And by the way, those things were That he most, does good things. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, they, they, they were most valid during the primary. Like, I, you know, again, we've done seven, six months of coverage with basically no care. I, like, I, I don't care. We care, yeah. I don't care because I don't believe he's going to be a good president, and I don't think she's going to be a good president. So once we didn't have an option that we really cared about, we're ta- I think these things are interesting to discuss, but there wasn't <laughs> a passion for me as to who won or lost. Mm-hmm. The same thing, and we gave the same break to a Barack Obama. So we're not treating Trump differently uh, or uh, giving him some huge break here. Um, the point mm-hmm. is... When you become president, you get judged on the things that you do. Barack right. Obama, out of the shoot, did 10 things I hated. And so you realize, okay, there's no, there's no hope here. Um, however, if, if Donald Trump comes out and does a bunch of stuff that I like, I mean, I think what we heard today is a mixed bag. The first um, 100 days sound pretty good. There, there are several I things agree in with there that were really good. Yeah, most of it. Probably. I agree with most there of it. There were some things I thought were really bad, yeah. but the, the general mm. vibe of it, much of it was <clears> good. And if, you know, look, honestly, if he could walk out of there with just term limits, I'm going to be more positive than I was uh, walking into uh, this. The, the term limits thing, um, I'm suspicious of it because it was very late in the process. That, the, what Glenn was reading, and I, I misunderstood this when we started, was the speech he gave in late October, right before the election. I got to say, you need to see what he's doing after the election. You can very much see that he would probably be trying to lock in his base. He, he put a lot of those things out there that he, he wanted. The question, though, is what is he doing after his election? And, and that's what we need to monitor. I mean, that was his pre-election plan, but let's see what he does now. Yeah. That's, and that's a fair way to judge him. It's a fair way. It's the way every single politician should be judged. And let me tell you something. I would love to be a fly on the wall at the White House right now. Trump and Obama are meeting together for the first time. And, you know, with all the crap that Obama has said about Trump, I... It, you know, it'd be a lot like uh, being in the same room with Trump and Glenn, I think, um, although Glenn's problems with Trump are much different than Obama's are. But these two guys, you got to believe, do not like each other. It would be a fascinating discussion to listen to. And, um, you know, there's many things to discuss on this election. Um, one of the things that is, I think, important to note is how terrible the legacy of Barack Obama looks after this. Here's a guy who made okay. his name in the public sphere, yeah, calling man. him a non-citizen and an ineligible president. And we just were like, all right, let's elect that guy. <laughs> that is like, a, you want to talk about a slap in the face to his legacy. Um, I, listen to this stat, too. I mean, let me pull this up real quick, because this is this is pretty amazing when you talk about um, his uh, the the legacy of um, of Barack Obama. When he came in, uh, the Democrats had the House and the Senate. 29 governors and 27 state legislatures that when he came in. Now they have no House, no Senate, from 29 to 18 governors, and from 27 state legislatures to 12. 
There's only 12 Democratic-controlled state, state, state legislatures? At least according to this. That's pretty amazing. That is. Holy pretty amazing. Cow. And, and this, was, this had been decreasing his whole term, so this is not a Trump phenomenon per se. No, All it's the, an Obama phenomenon. Right. It, yeah, it, I mean, you know, obviously they had the House and the Senate before Trump was around. They had uh, uh, this, this degradation in the governorships and the state legislatures was already happening, but this is where it ends. That's pretty amazing. That is fascinating. Wow. I, really, I've never heard that stat before. And That's, I think, yeah, and I think it kind of speaks to hmm. the most optimistic reading of the Barack Obama presidency. Which was, and this is it's going to sound bad because we none of us here are fans of Barack Obama, but maybe Barack Obama was just really that unique and great. Not as a president, not as a policy guy, but just is as an inspirational speaker. People like the guy, whatever that weird thing is that conservatives have <laughs> never been able to get. Maybe he was that good, and that is an incredible positive for us. Mm. Because that means that the, it's not about his ideas, it's not about um, uh, his policies, M- you know, it's just about they just really like that guy. And, you know, I think there's an argument to be made with Trump on that as I, well. Yes, in that, giving like, you that hope that yeah, not really there. It's not really about never wanting to have free trade again, it's, it's about they just really like Trump and yes. they like his attitude. And I will say, uh, it seems to be somewhat logical in a country that doesn't seem to really give a crap about policy. I mean, I think this might go to both sides. Mm. You know, I think the overwhelming amount of people don't really care what any of these guys actually say. It's just that vibe they get from them. You know, the liberals complained a lot about that during George W. Bush. Oh, they just want to, They think he's the guy they'd rather have a beer with instead of John Kerry. But that, what about his policies? Maybe that's just what we are. We're just a country that's just electing personalities. And that's better better, shockingly, than what you would have thought initially with Barack Obama was this big movement to the left. People were saying it was just going to be a regional party. I mean, you brought up that thing that Chris said. I forgot about that on the air, that the Republicans mm-hmm. might be a, a, a regional party. And he's a mm-hmm. Trump supporter, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and he's certainly not the only one, not to isolate him. But that's just telling the vibe of that moment in the room, which was really negative for Trump. Um, it kind of, and then an incredible turnaround. The guy wins. They win the Senate and the House, <laughs> and, and now they're like the greatest. They're, this is they're, we're nothing but Republican Trumpism for the end of time. Probably a good reminder to think that this might not last that long. So you better have the hundred day mm-hmm. plan, and you better use it, right? Because and I mean, it better might, be good. I mean, you know, you know, Barack Obama didn't even get to uh, an entire term with sixty senators, and, and of course, Trump doesn't have sixty, but he's got fifty. You got an advantage. You got all three chambers. Go for it. You, know, yeah. you got to do the things that you think are important. And while I might, I, I will disagree with Trump on many of them, and I will tell you so, as will Pat and Jeffy will say, uh, probably 18 um, or spoons. Sometimes milk. So he does say milk a lot, too. Sometimes milk. He's really developing yeah. his, uh, his hey, vocabulary. Gotta, Let me yeah. ask you this. Have you increased your vocabulary by 50% recently? No, no. I have not. No, I have not. Jeffy has. In fact, he's tripled his because it started out as spoons, yep. and now he's got a three-word vocab. That's triple. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Thank good you. job. Thank good you. job, Jeffy. Yeah. Thank good people job. People say we're mean to Jeffy. We just gave him credit. That's a, a big chunk of it. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Obama, here's what he said about Trump's win. This will probably prove to be fun. Uh, yesterday, Barack Obama. Everybody is sad when their side loses an election. But the day after, we have to remember that we're actually all on one team. This is an intramural scrimmage. Scrimmage. We're not Democrats first. We're not Republicans first. Mm -hmm. We are Americans first. 
we're patriots first. We hmm. all want, want what's best for this country. Country. That's what I heard in Mr. Trump's remarks last night. That's what I heard when I spoke to him okay. directly. And I was hardened by that. Good. That's what the country needs. Mm-hmm. A sense of unity, a sense of inclusion, a respect for our institutions, our way of life, rule of law, and a respect for each other. I hope that he maintains that spirit throughout this transition. Me too. Uh, and I certainly hope that's how his presidency has a chance to begin. All right. Well, I mean, that's innocuous. Look at Joe Biden. He's so pissed. I mean, this was his. Biden runs and he yes, wins easily. I know. Right? I mean, so I mean, certainly the, the issue, Against the place Trump. where Trump, I mean, I just got this uh, split here. Uh, here it is. Um, where, where do the votes change? Right? And it's, it's early. They're preliminary numbers, so you can't necessarily know for sure. But what it looks like is uh, Trump got destroyed um, uh, with, Repu- with women overall. Uh, mm-hmm. Did not do well with women. Did increase, did increase it with men and did much better with men. Um, not a huge surprise. Um, he didn't do as you know any really worse than Romney did with Hispanics or other minority uh, minority groups. Um, really? Yeah. No. I mean, it was pretty much right. I mean, of course, you remember mm. that Trump actually won and Romney didn't win. Yeah. So uh, you would expect it's a relative change. But he did not. He didn't get completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. The honest problem here was. Because, I mean, the, the women and the men sort of wiped each other, other out. Trump did better with, with men um, and worse with women, so they pretty much wiped each other out, roughly. The issue there was that de- Democrats um, did not get black voters um, and did really didn't do that well with Hispanic voters. Um, and, and that's kind of the situation there, which is a real, real bizarre change. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily, th- you'd think that she would do much better with uh, minority groups. It just shows, again, like, B- Barack Obama was never given the gift of a guy coming out and, and saying this many, you know, he's, he, guys, he, he, the other candidate is eating a taco bowl on camera. You know, this is not something, you know, you never got that out of Mitt Romney or John McCain. As, as kind of as proof that he likes Mexicans. Yes, as proof that he likes Mexicans, <laughs> he ate a taco bowl uh, on camera. The point, though, I'm making there is not to bash Trump. It's to say right. that maybe Barack Obama was really this like he was able to activate that vote even with a situation where the republican candidate was much you know more offensive to many minorities they didn't come out and vote where barack obama was able to get them out to vote did was the evangelical vote uh i don't have that overwhelming detail. we don't know yet no, don't okay detail yet. all right that'll be interesting to find that out eventually tens of thousands of protesters uh turned up Ugh. to protest trump's election uh 124 people arrested Tens of thousands of demonstra- uh, demonstrators took the streets in uh, all kinds of cities across the country. A large group of protesters uh, marched on Trump Tower in Manhattan, uh, chanting, my body, my choice. Okay. Not my president. And hey, hey, ho, ho, Donald Trump has got to go. Mm. You might notice that rhymes. And it's the... Uh, it's the continuing hey, 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 ho, mm. hey, hey, ho, ho thing that I love. That started, it seems, in the 60s, and it's continued through today, which yeah. is a beautiful thing. I love that. So stupid. Well, 
It's really not, Stu, because hey, when you say hey, hey, ho, ho, it's really easy to rhyme something at the end by saying has to go, what, right? no matter what it is. I don't think you needed to walk me through the architecture of the statement. I, 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 I just thought you didn't understand it because okay. you don't seem to be like a fan. I mean, I, and it's, it's really quite brilliant. Yeah, I know. No, I don't. <laughs> no? no? You're not yeah, buying yeah. that? No, no, All right, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one of the anti-Trump protesters. This is uh, quite charming. She was uh, uh, on CNN and holding an interesting sign, and uh, they asked her about it. Your sign tonight says... Um, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. <laughs> if, if we don't fight, who's going to fight for us? People had to die for freedom where we're at today. We can't just do rallies. We have to fight back. There will be casualties on both sides. There oh. will be because people have to die to make a change in this yeah, world. But Trump, enough with your racism. Stop splitting families. Let, don't split my family. But they're going to split your family if you murder someone. Yeah, a lot. Friends, family, even all races. Not just my Hispanic culture, but the rest of the races. The rest of them. Don't take away our rights. Don't take away right. He's not even right, present Paul. yet, and they're already uh, trying Paul, to impeach him. Paul, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you, Paul. And no one should be advocating violence. Well, I want to make that very clear. Yeah. It's good, good, good uh, co- you know, play there by Donald yeah. Lemon to call yeah. that out. That um, was good. Um, it, <laughs> but she is advocating violence, saying that people are going to die. Yeah. And um, it's pathetic. He hasn't even done anything yet, and they're already saying that people have to die. To, uh, I guess, overcome the election? It's really interesting. I mean, you don't separate families. Well, we've been down this road a million times. If you're here illegally, there is a chance your family could be separated, but it's kind of up to you. At that point, uh, you don't have to leave part of your family here when you go back to Mexico or Guatemala or or Ireland, if that's where you came from. Um, You could take your family with you. Take them. Then their family's not separated. Now, see, if I'm an American citizen and I've committed a crime, I've done something illegal, they're not going to give me that choice. Your family can go to jail with you. They're, right. They're right. Not For example, do that. if you were commit violence in a race right. war that you believe is uh, needs to go on because people need to die for your cause, right? Uh, you will your your family will be separated when you do that. Um, now, just to <clears throat> just to clarify your policy personally, Pat, uh, you mean only uh, Hispanic people from Ireland would be no? I mean even white people if they're here illegally from Ireland. Uh, they should probably go back to, not just probably, they should go back to Ireland. White people. White people. You, if they're here illegally. Now, if they're here, this applies to whites and Hispanics. If they're here legally, I want them here. Wow. So what you're saying is you don't want any brown people? No, that's not okay. what I'm saying. I, I don't think I'm getting I'm it exactly, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I've summarized <laughs> now, it. Now, the news media is not getting it either, no. and, and that little sweetie pie is not getting no, it either. Really uh, I mean, she acts as though Donald Trump is already deporting people or, or has already deported people I, I, he doesn't have any power yet to do any of that no it's stupid so and by the way, obama is deporting people uh, yeah. yes <laughs> that actually is happening um uh, the the vote count uh daily wire has a story kind of what we talked about uh yesterday about the vote count and so uh the top vote getters mm-hmm. it looks like um uh, you had obama at 66 million in 2012 uh romney had 61 million as of right now, it's Clinton 59.1, but Trump at 59 million. Um, I believe by the end of this, when all the votes are actually counted, um, both Clinton and Trump are going to squeak by Romney. 
Um, and also Clinton is going to widen her lead over Trump. Uh, it's a lot of late votes coming in from California and such that aren't counted. And those, of course, are going to go heavily Democrat. So her popular vote lead will likely be about a, a, about a 1.2 percent. Um, which, you know, will be millions of votes. I mean, millions and millions of votes. But again, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. The issue here is not necessarily that Romney out or uh, that Trump outperformed Romney as far as getting voters. He just he got them in the, the right places, places like um, Wisconsin, for example, Michigan, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. where, you know, um, uh, Romney expanded larger leads in some red states. I mean, you know, the the profile for Trump was never completely uh, dismissed. It was just a question of whether Trump could actually activate it. And he and he did. He, he got people in, in those states. It's interesting to look at. There's a couple things. Um, you know, the Jill Stein vote seemingly did actually really hurt Hillary Clinton. The third party thing. All, all the complaints on the right about how the third party were going to be the problem. There was no problem at all for the third party. Uh, as far as Trump went, it was really Hillary Clinton. In there's three states that that turned the election: Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Those three. Mm-hmm. Um, in two of those states, Jill Stein had more votes than the than the difference. Two of really? the three. The third one, I think the difference was something like ten thousand votes. That's how close it was. Um, and wow. again, there there are some votes taken by Gary Johnson, but those votes typically were leaning. It was a little bit of a mixed bag, but you, those are about split. Let's just call it split instead of just saying it. Because if, if it was towards Hillary Clinton uh, and took more from Hillary Clinton, then she wins the election without Gary Johnson in there. I don't look at that that way. I mean, as I've said a million times, that's not the way I think about votes, but I know some people do. So it's kind of an interesting thing, thing to cover. I think there's also a large amount of people who voted for Jill Stein that would not have shown up for Hillary Clinton. Um, so you can't really apply that analysis, but... I know a lot of people do, so it's kind of interesting. It's interesting that uh, Trump won this without a significant ground game, too. Ground game, ground game, ground game. That's all we've heard for the last eight years, because that's kind of how Obama pulled off. dead, right? I I guess so. I guess so. I'm not saying you don't do it. You still have to. I mean, you still try, right? Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I don't think it makes a difference. Certainly if you're a celebrity, you don't need it. At least for Trump, it doesn't make a difference. don't need it. Yeah. It's weird. By the way, we can talk about this. I mean, we talked about, look, clean slate for a guy uh, like Donald Trump. He's the president of the United States. Now, there are rules in the Douche Hall of Fame that would certainly, even if he became Ronald Reagan, he mm-hmm. will always be in the Douche Hall of Fame. There's no way for him to turn that around. It's once you're in, you're in. Okay? Mm-hmm. However, to take a step back from that, he does not need to be the Grand Nozzle. And to me, maybe we look at uh, a, a new nominee, nominee for the Grand Nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame. Uh, as a goodwill gesture, partially, mm-hmm. um, and uh, also, hey, you know, he's got he's got a clean slate. That's the way you clean that slate. And let me give you a recommendation of who I believe it should be. Okay, Harry Reid. Harry Reid is hasn't he already been the Grand Nozzle at one point? I think he was. I think he was. And now uh, there is other. Uh, I think could, he was the original, and then we went to Jesse Ventura for a while, and then Donald Trump. I think yes, correct. I'm well, nominating Jesse, Harry, Donald, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm nominating was Harry as a, as a possibility, but I would take any... Let's have a discussion about this. If you have another one... I, mean, okay. I was thinking Maybe Hillary... Maybe we can take but, some calls if, if you have a suggestion for Grand Nozzle. Yeah, because right. Hillary would be another one. Hillary would be a good one, but again, there's a... There's a little a, irrelevant, though, right, at this point. There's an irrelevancy clause right? there. I know we're all channeling our inner Glenn uh-huh. for, uh, you know, 
Let's wipe the slate clean and be in there. Yeah, but I mean, he... I'm, I'm really not... T- that's not a Glenn thing. I really feel that's, that way. I felt that I really seriously that about way. Barack freaking Obama. Like, you get a chance no, to go I'm to with you on yeah. the slate in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the douche all of it. But I mean, the question is, though, we're going to put up Donald Trump talking about a policy that we may or may not like. And he's going to be douche hall of fame behind us. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. And now he'll always be douche hall of fame. But Grand Nozzle, I feel like we want to. It might be a little strong for right now. For right. the feeling for right now, I, I think you're right. And I think Grand Nozzle is too much. And my point here is that with Harry Reid specifically is he's going to be leaving us. Uh, this is right. almost like a hey man. Okay, congratulations, congratulations on great on your history. He is career, and I, you know he, uh, he is going to be leaving the Senate in just a couple of months. Mm-hmm. This is over for Harry Reid. I like the idea of giving him this. I mean, because really he's One done maybe more work than anyone on the way out. Yeah, uh, he's been probably douchier than anyone. Right. Right. So right, again, right. that's just my recommendation. I'd like to get some some comments. He may have been uh, douchier than anyone, except uh, maybe Weiner. Wiener's a good one, too. Um, the reason I thought, I actually, Wiener was my first thought. And the reason why I thought maybe not Wiener is because I thought the audience might actually be kind of happy that uh, this guy pretty much got Donald Trump elected. That's true. I mean, he very well. I he mean, helped. You can certainly argue. Like, let's yeah, take, wind this back. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton is up by eight points. It tightens a little bit to about six. It ends up at about three. Okay. The six to three move happened all after the FBI. Mm-hmm. Okay, and actually it went from six to about two, and then backed up to three. But that whole move happened after the FBI thing. If you back that up, that's Anthony Weiner's computer. If Anthony Weiner is not sexting not just women but underaged women, if he's not sexting a fifteen-year-old, I mean, almost definitely Hillary Clinton is president. I mean, Donald Trump has been on the campaign thanking mm-hmm. Anthony Weiner. So, I mean, that's why I thought Wiener, Wiener is a good one. I'm fine with Wiener, and he deserves the recognition. I just thought Harry Reid as he's walking out the door. But, I mean, is there a rule about how many times you can be the Grand Nozzle? We, Maybe there we is. We do not have one. No, I don't I mean, if you can hold the... Let's talk, I mean, let's let's get see what the audience thinks. Right. Wiener, Reid, Jeffy, if you have any other name on that list that you, that you want to throw in the mix. I was actually looking at it, and I don't know that uh, there's relevancy clause with a lot of them. Uh, yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of really good names. And they're well worth. I mean, they definitely should be in the hall. Not nozzle worthy, though. All right, let's take a, let's take a quick break. Uh, come back on the other side, and, and maybe we can discuss it a little bit further because that's important. I think it's it's probably the most important part of this <laughs> really uh, of this election season to figure out who's going to be the, the grand mm-hmm. nozzle. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good it's a good step to take. Yes. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. You know. There's a problem with your phone carrier, and it might not be the coverage, or it might not be how much your bill is. It could be the fact that your phone carrier is working really hard to undermine your beliefs. Uh, spending tens of millions of dollars to get conservatives out of office, or you know, on some program like uh, Planned Parenthood, some organization that you don't want donated to, that's what they all do. Yeah, and just because their efforts didn't work in 2016 doesn't mean they're not going to try in 2018 and 2020. They will. Uh, but luckily you have Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile offers everything you get from your normal, uh, you know, whatever phone, system, whatever phone carrier you're on now. You get the nationwide talk and text. You get the high-speed 4, uh, 4G LTE data. What is LTE? I don't know. It's like the upgrade to 4G is how I think of it. That's how I think of it, too, but I don't know what it stands for. Jeffy? Jeffy? L- LTE. What does it stand for? LTE data. I was going to give you a joke one, but I don't know. That. I don't <laughs> okay. actually know this. We don't know. Meaning. I'll but find out real quick. Hold on. It's good. We promise. It's good. 
Um, they also uh, give donate five percent of your monthly bill to a conservative cause. Long term really evolution. Yeah, I mean it's just a, it's a technical term for long term evolution. Which is that is true? The difference between four G and LTE. Yeah, huh, it's cool. just the upgrade. Okay. All right, there you go. Well, so anyway, you get all that, yeah. and you also That's donate the, the money to the cause that you want instead of some crazy one you don't. Yeah, and they even uh, pay up to three hundred and fifty dollars to yeah. get you switched over, get out of a service contract. You know, because everybody sticks you with a. Big fat fine if you switch before your contract is up. And we you try get to a, pay Jeffy three hundred fifty dollars to 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 leave, and it has not worked so it, far. Not not so far. But you can get a, a phone company that supports your values. Uh, Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile dot com slash blaze. PatriotMobile.com/blaze or eight seven seven three six seven seventy five twenty four. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days, free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after thirty days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, host support and maintenance all for one low monthly fee if not cancel and pay nothing if you're in business today and you don't have a web presence you won't be taken seriously call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by verisign the world's leading domain name provider call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio that's 800-490-1099 no upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Triple eight seven two seven back. We're trying to figure out who needs to be the grand nozzle of the douche hall of fame. I mean, Harry has had it. He has, he has had time. it, yeah. but he does deserve it. Yes, he does. He does. Although Harry he Reid, while he's a total it. douche, he didn't. Exa- he, at least he didn't sex fifteen-year-olds that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, it would be odd. Be We've odd sort of narrowed it down to to Weiner, right? Yeah. Reid or Hillary. Hillary and I. Hillary's out. I mean, she's she's done. I don't know that we need to. I mean, she deserves her lifetime achievement puts her in a place where she should be in the douche hall of fame. Uh, now, Reed is done in a couple of months, which I think after Reed is gone, we would also need to change that one. Mm-hmm. But maybe we keep in. Here's my I mean, but Wiener is going to also be completely irrelevant after this, too. Um, Wiener, however, will probably be going into criminal proceedings at some point. Um, so he certainly I, deserves it. I think it's Reed. That was my instinct. Don't you think? I don't know. I think. I mean, we've we got to vote on it, so it'll, yeah. be, it'll be up to you. But um, I, I think Reed is the one who makes sense. Here. Okay. Now I thought it had to be like a seventy-five percent vote. But is it seventy-five? Okay, seventy-five percent vote to change the douche Hall of Fame grand <laughs> nozzle. All right, uh, Jeffy. What is your opinion on this? Uh, as if we cared. No, I'm, as if I cared. I'm trying to trying to give you that real that real sincere vibe that I'm like, wow. I hope. I wonder what Jeffy's going to say. Right. Oh, I'm it not supposed work. to say. It. I'm not it supposed to work. say it's. it's yeah, no, uh, it that's my bad. That's my Jeffy. <laughs> hey, I, wow, we haven't heard from Jeffy on this. Jeffy. Oh, wow. What do you think, man? I can't wait to hear. Huh? I what? think we leave Donald Trump right the hell where he's at. <laughs> that's what I think. All right. Uh, yes, I think. What are the, what are the people saying? Reed or Wiener? Are they getting? Uh, uh, they want. They want to change. There was no. Uh, there was no. There was. They didn't care about either one. The is there, like, let's go. Is there I a clause? Harry Reid is the one. Is there a clause that has an like an election? Like we do a binary choice election between Reid and Weiner and let them vote, and it's fifty fifty. 
Like, let's say, for example, or no, maybe we should do it with, how about this? Here's, here's my proposal. Th- a three-way vote. And Reno will love this, I'm sure, because he likes the three-way thing. Wiener, <laughs> Reed, no change. And the winner has to get to 50%. So if, if it's 33, 33, 33, no change, right? You have to get, but there has to be an option for, there has to be an option for people to say, no, I don't want to change. And then with the, with the winner of that, do we do the 75% vote to see if they reach that? Uh, I'm, trying to, work, I'm well. trying to work that in as well. Here's, I guess the 75% can be built into this. The, and here's sort of a runoff election then right. to get to the 75%. Right. So I think you could do it in a way where you say, if, if more than 25% say no change, then there's no change. Okay. And then the winner mm-hmm. of the other two gets in. Let's do it. All right. So, Jeffy, are okay. you prepared to do this? Worthy of the Grand Nozzle. Read, winner, no change. Right. right. And the voting begins... Right now. Now, this is going to be a divisive thing among the right, obviously, uh, among all people, because the Douche Hall of Fame is so vitally important. Mm-hmm. Um, in a moment, we're going to be hearing from uh, Dana Lash, who uh, talked about wh- where the right goes in the future. Um, what do we do? What's the message uh, towards uh, the, a divided right? I mean, I think even with Trump winning, I mean, we overwhelmingly hear from people who say, oh, i got to vote for Trump. but uh, So I'm going to pull the trigger on Trump, but that's all I can do. Um, we did not hear that from, uh, we did not hear the Trump is going to be great argument. Look, the stuff that we talked about today, a lot of it's good. Um, and you know, I, you know, we don't, I don't believe he's going to do it, but I give him the opportunity to do it. Um, and that's all he can ask for. I think, you know, I, 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 I go into this optimistic, more optimistic than I've been in a while, just from the perspective of it's over. He's in. Yeah, let's hope he does and some great things. We're just so darn glad it's over, and so is this vote. Now oh, we'll cut it off right there, and uh, both votes are now over: the actual election and the vote to maybe change the grand nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame. Jeffy, how'd it work out? Ooh. Uh, okay, uh, we're the, the grand totals. nozzle. Uh, Wiener, nineteen percent. Nineteen. No change. 28%. Wow. Reed, 50%. Okay. So that so he got there. So now Reed. No, because it was 28% said no change. So I think we need a pure vote oh, now. Reed vote versus. Reed, Reed versus, versus no change. And the runoff. Do, yeah. Reed, this is probably the way you have to do this. Is, yeah. is, is, a, is an election first to see who the candidate should be <laughs> and then do the vote. Well, let's do one more here. This is uh, Anthony Weiner. Uh, or excuse me, Harry Reed. Harry Reed and no change. No, uh, no change. Right? Right. Okay. So, so the runoff election is now. And, and we're going to, in eight seconds, Let's right, well, Jeff, open Jeff, up the you polls can't again. Jeffy to type these names in in eight seconds. Oh, you don't have it ready yet. Do you yeah. have it ready yet? Just tell him. When, tell me when you want to go. Well, Pat. we're already past the eight seconds. It's already started then. Okay, there you go. Right. Five after there, Jeff. On the okay. clock. So now we're doing one more, uh, one more election here to see if the Douche Hall of Fame changes. Now, twenty-eight percent. You'd think if those people hold their votes, then uh, Harry Reid will not be the new uh, Grand Nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame, and will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have Donald Trump. We look. These are the rules. I, I, <laughs> this audience is the thing stopping. We're obviously trying to change uh, Donald Trump out of that as a goodwill mm-hmm. gesture. Mm-hmm. He's the president of the United States, and he hasn't done anything. Now, look. If Donald Trump gets in and he's president of the United States and tries to pass a, a trillion dollar stimulus, we can put him back as the grand nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame. But sure. he has not done it yet. Sure. He's a president with a clean slate to me. If he were to re- repeal uh, Obamacare and replace it with something worse. 
he definitely, I think, wind up as Grand Nozzle. Sure. Don't you? I think you're probably right I mean, on that's that. that's what I believe. Um, but, again, uh, so, he has to actually do those things right. uh, to, to, to warrant that treatment. We but have again, five seconds left to vote. We're giving him the benefit of the doubt here. Is the, is the audience going to give him the benefit of the doubt is the question. Time's up. Uh, we go to Jeffy for the final results of the douche. This is going to suck, isn't it? Douche Hall of Fame Grand Nozzle vote. <laughs> no change. Mm-hmm. Gets thirty-one percent. Ah, man. It. <laughs> well, that I mean, you kind of spoiled the suspense right there. Uh, that's uh, thank you. So there's no change. There's no change. Oh, all right, Hillary. Uh, that's uh, that's I mean, a argument. Oh, I mean, well, you tried. Right. Well, look, is tried. it a surprise? I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit surprised, but let's see. I, I think you know. We ask again. This is a good indication uh, for the audience to see how good of a job he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the audience does not agree with us, apparently, to give him a complete, or at least 31% of the audience does not agree to give him a clean slate. However, I think what you can do is say, if he starts doing good things, that number's going to fall. Mm-hmm. Right now it's at 31%. He's almost to that point. Um, but maybe that will change. That's an interesting, <laughs> I will say, that's, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh, man. All right, 888-727-BECK. We'll get back to this uh, Dana, Dana message uh, to the divided right coming up here in a second. Okay. All right. Triple Eight, seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Jeffy, you say you got some uh, comments on the feed? That- There's two comments here that represent our audience, you know, almost darn perfectly. The first one is thanks to the last 31% who refused to cave. Man, how alone are we? <laughs> and then the second one, a new douche grand nozzle will rise soon. Just you wait. <laughs> well, like, probably that's true. our audience. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, those are our people. Oh, those are our people. I love them. Um, Dana uh, has a message to the right. Again, here we have a division, obviously. As 31% of the population wants, <laughs> wants the Republican nominee to be the grand nozzle of the douche hall of fame. And the president-elect to be grand nozzle of the douche hall of fame. Uh-huh. Uh, Dana makes, uh, talks about you know, where we go from here. Watch. This is a message for the divided right, because we do have a divided right. We have an enormously divided right. And I think that you would divide it up into three subsets. You have the first, the early adopters to Trump. I mentioned this on radio today. You have the early adopters to Donald Trump. These are the people who got out and they endorsed Donald Trump even at the very beginning of this presidential race, even when you still had the Rick Perrys and the Marco Rubios and and even when Mike Pence was his own candidate uh, in early on in this Republican election. You have that group. Secondly, you have the reluctant Trump supporters. These were the people who Trump was not their candidate in the primary. Trump was not their candidate. But as we went forward in the general, they realized that you go to war with the soldiers that you have. And winning is also a virtue. You have that subset, too. And then you have the third group. And those are the never Trumpers. It's a small group within the right. It's a passionate group. It's a group that has fought for principle longer and harder than a lot of the people who are criticizing them today, even some on this network. And I think that we need to exhibit grace going forward. We need to be gracious and we need to demonstrate grace. 
the folks who were the early adopters of Trump, you all don't need to be the mean girls of the Republican Party. You all don't need to be the bouncers of the Republican Party because you need that unity. It's great to celebrate the victories that we have now. House, Senate and White House, these are fantastic things, but it's a slim majority in the Senate. And make no mistake, some of these senators are coming from purple states. Some of these senators are going to have the heat upon them when they go up for re-election. And they're going to be a little hesitant to get behind a repeal and replace of Obamacare, the likes of which Mitch McConnell has already promised. You're going to need the help from those other two subsets. For the reluctant voters, don't get, don't get angry for those who were the early adopters. Don't get angry at the reluctant ones or the never Trumpers and the reluctant ones. You realized what's at stake. I get that. And for the never Trumpers, you also need to show some grace. And I think that you need to give the president elect a chance. And in turn, you need to give voters a chance. Now, while I personally do not put my faith in men as a Christian, I am with this particular decision in our democratic process in our constitutional republic, I like to trust the voters more than I trust anybody in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, I think we're in the same place as far as like, you got to give the guy a chance to do yes, it. And we have to. The other part of that, it. And, and the second part of that, which is vitally important, and it applies to all three of the groups you described, is you also have to hold him accountable when he does bad things. And I know, I like. I mean, it's it's hard because I think Trump is going to be really. I, I, my impression of him going into this is that he's going to be really bad, as you know, and as I've said a billion times. Mm-hmm. But he got it. He got the job done, won the presidency. So I go into this saying I will it, judge each one of his actions as it comes. Um, I hope that the people who supported Trump are going to do the same thing. You have to be able to hold a guy accountable for bad policy as well. There is no evidence they will. No, no, none. There is not. I mean, they treated him as if he were a god who could do no wrong. I know, and I just hope it. I hope they, it stops. They they excused absolutely every foible. They they ignored every bad policy. They. Uh, oh, somebody he, said something uh, on uh, Twitter about this, and this was their excuse. Because you're totally right. That's how I look at him as well. Mm-hmm. Their excuse was, "Look, yes, there are problems with what he wants to do, and we should call them out." But I can't remember. The analogy they used was something like, you don't change the air filter um, while you're driving the car. You, you, gotta, you have to wait till you cross the finish line, then you stop and you change the air filter or something like that. It was something like, you don't, you're not going to necessarily like, make those adjustments, but you've got to win first, then you can hammer them on that stuff. I just don't see mm-hmm. any evidence that these people are going to do that, but maybe they will. Again, the, every, you, know, you, you, you get a chance to do it. You get a chance to try. And if you do a good job, you do a good job. I will... I mean, look, if this guy comes out and gets term limits passed and repeals Obamacare in a, in a, in a smart, sensible way and, and cuts taxes and, you know, backs the police when he has to and does the thing, you know, starts with border security in some fashion, though probably not the one promised. Those are going to be positive things that I'm going to really support. Uh, and I'm going to have a much better impression than I'm going to do now. Remember, I was a fanboy. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll turn back to that status. Maybe I'll be, maybe. Maybe I'll be taking a bus that. through uh, New York and looking at Trump Tower again in, in, in awe. Honestly, no one would love that more than us. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, I, I would absolutely love another Ronald Reagan or better. I would love that. I've been begging for that for years. And if he turns out to be that guy, I will be the first to admit I was wrong. Every- We've already admitted we were wrong about, about the primary and who was going to win and about the general and who was going to win. Till the end, when we said when she was under FBI investigation, there's no way he can blow this, yeah. and he actually didn't. But uh, we'd love it if he turns out to be a great president. That's good for everybody. Triple eight seven two seven back. 
Um, can, can I get the, the box that uh, Bowl and Branch sheets come in? This is really a cool... Because Bowl and Branch, is, they're not just bed sheets. It's, it's a whole experience. These are really awesome. So they come like this in this beautiful Bowl and Branch uh-huh. box. See, it looks like it's just a white box, but it's not. It's got a nice little like fancy... I think you can... Yeah. Yeah, yeah now you, you can kind of see the Bowl and Branch. And then, you know, it's got this bow, this silky bow on it. And you open it up. And it's this whole beautiful presentation of your of your sheets and and the bedding inside, and it's it's just an awesome presentation. So you really and then order two, one for presentation and one to use. Yeah, you really should because <laughs> it looks so nice. Well, you don't even want to open it. But then when you do open it, you see how the and you feel how the how soft those sheets are. You can't wait to put them on your bed, which we of course did, and then that leads to an even better sleep. So you get the nice mattress, hopefully, which we talk about a lot too on radio. And then you put the sheets on it, and oh, man, does that make for a great night's sleep. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the box and everything is, is really nice. Certainly would make, it makes a great gift. A wedding gift is a great idea. I mean, Bowling Branch sheets are a great wedding gift idea if you have somebody uh, going uh, that's, that's uh, tying the knot. Uh, but the other part of this is it's just great sheets. I mean, Pat's, uh, we're, you know, we're so both soft. at some level sheet snobs. Uh, Pat is really yes, a sheet definitely. snob. Uh, but you know you're getting the best quality that you can get. You can get the, and you don't have to deal with the 800 percent markups yeah. that you get uh, in departments. When I was a kid, I didn't care if I slept in burlap sheets. Right. It didn't matter to me. But as I've grown up and experienced different sorts of feels on 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 the bedding, oh. it's really important. And, and, really, and yeah. the the organic cotton thing is really cool. It, it, it's it's really nice and it's fair trade certified and there's no pesticides. Other companies waterboard their cotton. <laughs> Not Bull and Branch. They do? Yeah. Those yeah. bastards. Yeah. I, I hate them for it. Wow. Uh, so try Bull and Branch for 30 nights. The shipping's free, and if you're not completely in love with these sheets, just send them back for a full refund. There's absolutely nothing to lose here. Yeah, BowlingBranch.com. BowlingBranch.com. Use promo code Blaze to save 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. It's spelled B-O-L-L. And Branch.com. BowlingBranch.com. Promo code Blaze. The millennials, the uh, Ivy League crying. What? Are you worried about that? The Ivy League <laughs> crying. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I'm very concerned about it. Um, oh no! You, don't you, tell you me need that. to have a safe oh, space. No. To don't cry tell me. About don't Trump. don't mm-hmm. say it. It's true. Let's uh, watch. This is at no. uh, Cornell, apparently. Oh boy. Just last night, Donald Trump was elected the 45th president of the United States. As the majority of the students here at Cornell have voted for the Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. I'm here at the center of Cornell at Hope Plaza to gather student reactions to the election results. Students have already begun to respond by organizing yeah, a crying fall. here at Hope Plaza to express is. their frustration oh, and disappointment in the election results. Uh, Never before in an election did I think that the results would affect my personal life. I thought it would have implications on foreign policy, things that only tangentially affected me. But in this election, it is horrifying how deeply that this is going to affect me and a lot of people that I'm close to. Really, Pumpkin? You have no idea what what you're even talking about. Don't you talk about it? I knew that tangentially it would affect me in some sort of way for a policy. Stop Shut up. 
Oh, well, I mean, I, stop she doesn't it. know a single policy of Donald Trump. <laughs> I bet you I mean, she doesn't I bet she have. She knows it. the build the wall, and about as much as uh, many Trump supporters knew. <laughs> oh, um, look at this! Look at. Oh, can wow. we get a close up of the uh, face here? Let's <laughs> look at that. Come on now, really? Of course, if you were listen, if you if you listen to Glenn. He would say, don't go, go mock. Make fun. We got to come together. Remember how we fell with Obama. I don't want to right now. Look at that idiot. However, <laughs> I do remember how we felt, and we didn't need a safe space to cry in. We did not. And we didn't, I mean, I, I, I mean, these I, kids are so indoctrinated by their teachers and their professors. And can you imagine the nonsense they're hearing at Cornell. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you think mm. about it, well, they, a lot of these kids have been brought up during, we were, I was talking to Pat earlier about a, a you know, little sports connection, of uh, they've been brought up with no winners. Right, so they don't so know, they how, even to know how to lose. They don't know how to. I and mean, that's why they need the safe space to go cry. I mean, the little crying space. <laughs> Can we see it. the face again? Let's get a close-up of the face, because that's priceless. Let's just take oh, that I to the top with the face the there. Is, yeah. Zoom right on in on that. Maybe beautiful. we should. Maybe we should just not have any music. <laughs> I don't know. No, oh, I don't know. Look at that. Oh, oh, look at oh, that. Oh, the silence. tears. Oh. oh, the tears. Oh, oh pumpkin, it's gonna be okay. Unawares, we didn't realize. <laughs> you were, whoa! Yeah, we're just gonna make Jeffy eat some stuff that no, normal humans don't eat. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking so. vomit flavored jelly beans. Yeah, it would be good for him. We got we got a copy of the, one of those games. Yeah, uh, so my kids have that stupid thing at the house, and they were after. Do me they to play it all the time? I, we, would, we you, a, would you eat it, vomit I flavored? I have not played it with them. I watched them play it. Would you do it here? I don't know. It's, that stuff is pretty nasty. For and me, I, I'm, I'm not doing do. it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I, I, Diane, I would definitely barf. Diane in our makeup room. Thank. It was very nice to. She told me about the game. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. And then she brought it in, which was very nice of her. Mm-hmm. And then I started actually yeah. mentally Max going through the, the process of me eating a vomit-flavored yeah, no, jelly bean. No, because you. the point is that, like, you don't know. Like, they're Correct. the same color. And some of them are good-tasting things and some are bad. So it's like Russian yeah. roulette. You might pick one that's really bad. But th- this does not apply if it's Jeffy, because I don't care if Jeffy eats something <laughs> right. bad. Right. Right. So that's why. Uh, that's, actually, that's, what you would be doing is hoping <laughs> that I get the, raw, the rotten egg. Yeah, I, yes. mean, I think you just eat all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think the plan is not, but all individually, so you don't. It doesn't wipe out the the bad taste. But you eat indiv- you eat each one individually throughout the show, and occasionally we laugh when you hit a bad one. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm seeing it. Yes, there would be. You like that? I would definitely be barfing. I'm, you think if I, you if you got a vomit flavored one, you would throw up? You oh think so? Because I'm pretty sure I would too. Yes, I mean that's that's why I don't want to play. I mean it's it's, it's funny. To a point, to watch the kids yeah. bite into it and to then realize that it's rotten egg, yeah, and almost barf and have to spit it out. Uh-huh. It's funny to all just to a point, and then it's like yeah. you know, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to see that. It's funnier in theory than yeah. I, like me actually doing it. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to think about that. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I think the solution is just it's just Jeffy to do it to the Jeffy. solution, or yes. we just you know bring in the kids and let them do it, watch them barf. 
Yeah, see, I, I, nah, I can't watch that either. No. I don't want, but the other thing no. is, too, then why would we torture a kid when we could torture you? Exactly. Like, that's what I'm thinking. That? Why, that's why, what I'm thinking. I mean, like, let's say, for example, we had some Al-Qaeda terrorists in here. I would say, <laughs> why torture the Al-Qaeda terrorists when we can torture Jeffy? Well, you got Jeffy. Yeah. Because obviously what I'm saying there is that you're worse than Al-Qaeda terrorists. I, I understood that, what you were saying. Oh, you, I, didn't miss, I didn't miss your point. You, really? Because I, cause I He was also maybe, saying there, I think, uh, there was a, a sort of an undercurrent of Jeffy perhaps being... Um, overweight. I did miss that. You did, miss, I did that? miss that. Yeah. I, I didn't actually have it there. Huh. But there, there was no uh, undercurrent of, of Jeffy being well, fat. Well, I mean, it says it behind No, the him. fatness. No, it says athletically overweight. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, what Jeffy? I meant. Athletically overweight. Athletically. Yeah, not super, super fat. Uh, fat as a slob or a pig. See, this isn't I, the uniting one we're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Well, see, now, here's the thing. Why? Uh, our <laughs> principle is to, to mention Jeffy's... <laughs> Uh, girth? Girth. Okay. Yeah, that's the word I was going to go now, for. Now, we could go out with language and say, hey, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. Mm-hmm. But as Glenn would say, no, we should we should use his language. He's athletically overweight. Right. And so See, we that's, do. That's, that's how we get to We don't change our principles. And so we do. We just we use a language that's more familiar <laughs> and, and, and makes you really happy because obviously you're dumb enough to fall for it. <laughs> Thoughts? So you're Not also saying that. that he's stupid as well as athletically overweight. And what was the first thing? There was something else in there, too. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, we, okay. we're, we're trying terrorists. to unite. We are coming. Yeah, you're, well, you're worse than terrorists. But, like, let's come back to that. Um, all right. We're uniting around uh, things that can bring us all together, like history, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Glenn did a, a, a recent episode of The Vault. Where he, you know, he goes through and he ha- and he pulls out these crazy uh, historical, uh, really cool items. Yeah, really cool items that he's been able to acquire through different director uh, collectors or in his own personal collection. Um, here's a, a clip of the latest one from uh, about Abraham Lincoln. David happened to be coming by the vault today because he's bragging about a drum that he got. From the estate of George Washington. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. We're going to start doing Founding Fridays again. Oh, cool. Uh, and we want you to bring all the stuff. Got it. So we can drool on it. We'll do it here from the <laughs> vault. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was here because we're working on all kinds of stuff. And I said, come on into the vault because we have a bunch of new Abraham Lincoln stuff that you know about mm-hmm. and drooled over yourself. We've done a show on Abraham Lincoln and opening the box. But as we started talking about it, Jason, who used to be in... Um, national um, intelligence, or what, what was it? What was the deal? Is some spook thing he was doing? Can't tell you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but he he was in uh, um, uh, national intelligence, and and then he left the military and became uh, a protector. And he was actually one of my protectors for a while. Um, by the way, this is Jeremy, who is also uh, the curator of the of the museum that we hope to build with David and I. But we were sitting here and we were talking last week or whenever we filmed that show and i said we have to do a show on his actual exactly how it happened because there's a lot of amazing things like where did your name is mud around this town where did that come from came from the lincoln assassination wrongly they say wrongly but that's when jason said you know in executive protection school we studied the assassination of lincoln but the one that happened in 1861. I had never heard this story before. So can you take us through? Tell us, because when, when he first won, people were already trying to kill him. People from the South, 
um, had sent him, I think, poison fruit uh, and, and tried to, you know, poison him, tried to kill him. There was a plan to try to kidnap him. And he's coming into uh, Washington and he has no idea how bad it is. And there's no such thing as Secret Service. And he doesn't want all the pomp and circumstance. He doesn't want all of the, the National Guard or the military, the Union soldiers, to come with him. Uh, and the train companies freak out. And it's actually a train company that hires Pinkerton, right? Right. And explain who Pinkerton was, if anybody doesn't know. Pinkerton worked for the railroad, uh, railroads at the time. Um, you might have heard him from, Dave and I were talking before, about you'd hear about him on Westerns. You know, like, oh my gosh, you know, the bandits better be careful because the Pinkertons are showing up. You right. know what I mean? Didn't Pinkerton become like a, an armored car service or a carriage service where they w- would protect the valuables of the payroll of the of the railroads right yeah, exactly yeah it, it, it morphed into a lot of different things what it would originally what originally was was it basically the first private detective agency that's that's what initially what it was in the beginning um but you're exactly right the railroads hired this hired pinkerton saying look we're very nervous about the fact that lincoln just wants to ride on our railroad you know, unaccompanied with any security, all the way up to D.C. We've been hearing some crazy things are going on, especially in the city of Baltimore. I mean, like some wild stuff, like cordoning off all of Washington, D.C., shutting it down and holding the, the nation hostage, basically, until they changed the government and elected a new president. So they were freaking out. This was like big-time stuff. Again, can I jump in on that real quick to add to that climate? At the time before this happens, what had happened just a few weeks before this in the House and the Senate of the United States, the Southern senators and reps went to the podiums and said, we are leaving Congress. The nation is destroyed. We're gone. This guy's been elected president. He's going to be inaugurated, and he's actually going to free the slaves, and we can't be part of that nation. So U.S. senator after U.S. senator, U.S. rep after U.S. rep went to the floor and offered their resignation. They're going back to the South. They cannot be part. So the climate is that hostile. How many, how many states had seceded? At this point, when he's coming in, seven, seven. seven. Yeah, that's the final number, isn't it? At no, it's first, eleven. Eleven. And, and, and so the original 11. Confederate flag has the seven stars. That's the first. Yeah. Okay. It's How like, long did it take before the eleven? It was. It was just a matter of weeks. Okay. It, it did not take long to get to eleven. That's why that flag is so expensive. That's that <laughs> yeah. seven star. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen one and it was like well, that's crazy that's like getting expensive. A, it's like getting a thirteen star American flag yeah. versus a forty-eight or fifty okay. star American right. flag. Okay, so. Pinkerton, you have a picture of Pinkerton? We do. We've got a couple right here. Okay. This is the probably the most famous picture. You don't know who the guys are in it. Show which one's Pinkerton. It's Pinkerton right here. Okay. As well as him, same scenario, same place, by uh, Lincoln's favorite photographer. And Tiedem, I believe. Is, is that Alex Gardner? It is. He plays, wow, I didn't know that. Alex Gardner plays a really important role at the end of this story. Okay, so go up and show us exactly what the railroads did and what happened. So this is the craziest story that pretty much no one has ever heard of. And I'll show you right now basically how all this went down. Okay. So this story is part Clint Eastwood Wild Western movie and part Jason Bourne. Okay. To set set the scene. And this is what you studied when you were studying assassinations and everything else. Right. Okay. If you want to see how to get a protector... Our protectee, uh, you know... Uh, Safely from point A to point B. This is textbook. Okay. This is how it's done. Okay. Now, keep in mind, Lincoln has already started moving from Springfield, Illinois, east, going yep. towards Washington, D.C. He's, he's yep. winding his way through. He's making stops along the way. Yep. Pinkerton, 
from getting some of his initial intelligence, knew that the primary threat was here in Baltimore. That's where everything was going down. So he goes in long before Lincoln is anywhere near the East Coast and goes into Baltimore. Now figure this is about three weeks before they think that Lincoln's scheduled to arrive. So Pinkerton comes in and he's already under the guise under covert identities. Um, he, him and I think two other of his agents go in and they're both like dressed up real snazzy. They're like Southern, you know, their cover is Southern, uh, big stockbroker, like diplomat type, you know, guys. And they go in, they start hitting all the different like night areas around in Baltimore. They hit up several, a few hotels, um, you know, like bars, pubs, places like that. Eventually, because of how willing they are to open up their pocketbooks, they start to get the, um, attention to the separatist movement in Baltimore. And, Pretty much they find out that if they're willing to shell out the cash, they're will, the separatists are willing to let them into their inner circle. They actually fully infiltrated one of the first secessionist, anti-abolitionist movements in the country at the time. It, it went so far as one of his Pinkerton's agents actually got sworn in to this secret nighttime candle lit cowl over the heads you got to be kidding me. Seriously, that's exactly how it went. Eyes wide shut kind of stuff. Exactly like that. And Pinkerton writes it in full detail in his biography. It's insane. But at this meeting, they get the entire plan. So what the plan is, is that on the exact date, February 23rd, as Lincoln is going through Baltimore, as Lincoln is getting out of the train, he's getting into an open carriage, he's going to drive through the middle of town, they're going to create a, some commotion right there at the, at the railway station. And then as the police are you know, distracted, they move off to see what was going on, the entire group is going to strike. Now, Pinkerton gets this. He immediately dispatches a telegram back to Lincoln and, and his group as they're on their route over. At this point, they really only have about a week until he makes his arrival. So Lincoln makes his arrival into Philadelphia. Pinkerton shoots straight up to Philadelphia, and he goes to get a meeting with uh, Lincoln. And uh, he's talking to him, and he's like, look, you cannot go through Baltimore. If you go through Baltimore, they are set. He knew their timetables. He knew the exact time everything was going on. And the separatists had already infiltrated. They had intelligence on Lincoln's exact schedule. So they knew exactly when they were going to hit. They were ready. It was going down at that time. Lincoln said, look, I can't skip Baltimore. I can't do it. If the only way is for me to go through early, skip everything, going to Washington, D.C., I cannot do it. I've made all these uh, different schedules. I have to make my commitments in Philadelphia and Harrisburg. So Pinkerton said, okay, fine. You know, Mr. President, we'll figure it out. What their plan was is that Lincoln was going to travel along this blue route. That was where the president's rail, rail line was going to go, all the way down into D.C. So as they left Philadelphia and landed in Harrisburg, Pinkerton stayed back in Philadelphia making all of his preparations. Back in Harrisburg, there was three to five Pinkerton agents ready to spring the first part of the plan. So in Harrisburg, they, uh, Lincoln met up with his group with the uh, governor at the time up in Harrisburg. And um, the governor was actually read into the entire plan. He knew what was going on. Um, Lincoln re- re- expressed regret, saying, I cannot believe that it's gotten to this point. You know, I, I don't understand it, but I trust Pinkerton and I trust the intelligence. I'm sorry that I have to, you know, have to include you into this, you know, elaborate plan. But they had a big dinner, which was on the schedule. They had a big dinner at the governor's mansion there. In the middle of the governor's mansion, one of Pinkerton agents lightly tapped Lincoln on the shoulder. Lincoln knew that was his cue, said, sorry, everyone, I have to go off and use the restroom. He gets up from the table, makes a big, you know, public announcement of it, and he walks back to the restroom. I'll they, alert the press, Mr. President. This, the, the president-elect will be evacuating his uh, 
bowels now. I mean, I would make a big announcement of going to the bathroom. Well, it's funny because it was, so they did do an announcement afterwards. They said, look, the president's not feeling well. He's going back to my house and he's going to be retiring for the evening. So please no press calls because we don't uh, want to disturb him. Okay. That makes sense. What they actually did was they took him out the back door. Now, Lincoln was very easy to recognize at the time. You know, he was tall, taller than everybody else, had the top hat. You know, he was real slender. Everyone knew, you know, his likeness. So what they did was they said, Mr. President, can you please scrunch down about, you know, two feet or so to make yourself, you know, a lot shorter? So he scrunched down like this. They put a big overcoat over him so they couldn't tell his stature. And then they put a soft cap on him and then took off his telltale wow. top hat, a soft cap. He went out the back exit. They took him out the back exit, they put him in a car, and they get him on a train. Now, they snuck him into the very last car of the train, they did not turn the lights out on, and they closed the blinds. Now, as that train left to Philadelphia, now keep in mind, he's not supposed to be on this train. This, he's on the earliest train they could get him out of. While they're going through, Pinkerton's agents are cutting the telegraph lines that go from Philadelphia and that go from Harrisburg to Baltimore. Wow. No one knows. It's complete media blackout. They have no idea what's going on. They get him, they're on the road to Philadelphia. Now, meanwhile... Stand by for a second. David, how rare would this have been back in those days? Really I mean, rare. Yeah, Real they, rare. They didn't, we didn't Real think rare. like this back no. then, right? No, there, there, there was some of this in the American Revolution with James Armistead and the counterintelligence right. he did, but this is really rare. The, this is not ethical warfare. Oh, You're killing so people, wild. right? This is, this is so out of the box. This okay. is so far out of the box. Right. Now, keep in mind who later established the Secret Service. It's Pinkerton. Now, Pinkerton is riding, right now at this moment, he's riding the standard operating procedures for modern-day Secret Service advance work. He's doing it right now, on the fly. It's amazing. So, meanwhile, back in Philadelphia, they have to re-catch the train, and instead of taking the original route, get a separate train, so that the agents in Baltimore, if they're hanging out, they don't notice what's going on. The first female detective of the time was under Pinkerton's employer. Her name was Kate Warren. She was in Philadelphia. Now, she had her own cover identity. She's posing as a woman that's very, very distraught about her brother. Her brother is coming in from Harrisburg. He's an invalid. He is deathly ill. So she bribed the conductor and said, look, he's deathly ill. I, I don't know if he's contagious or not. You know what I mean? And plus, it's just I don't, I don't want to be an inconvenience to the rest of your passengers. So could you please block off the entire passenger car on the very end of the train? Here's some money for your trouble. And make sure no one snoops around back there and, we'll, and draw all the curtains closed. He sees the wad of money, feels sorry for the woman. He's like, yeah, sure, why not? He even helps them. He, he, he takes off all the people. He, he gets them all away so no one can tell. They get, they get Lincoln off the train. Again, he's in his disguise. He gets off. Um, Kate Warren greets him and says, oh, my brother, how nice to see you. He, Lincoln greets her with a soft cap. They get on. Again, in the dark, completely in the dark. I, I thought this was interesting. As the train, the alternate train is leaving after they've got him back there, they said that they couldn't make noise, they couldn't talk. But they couldn't stop Lincoln because he was trying to lighten the mood. He could tell that everybody else was feeling, you know, stressed out. So he, every once in a while, it'd be completely dark and completely quiet. But Lincoln was cracking a joke every once in a while, much to Pinkerton's mm. annoyance, because he wanted it to be as quiet and mm. <laughs> as possible. So they get him from Philadelphia to Baltimore. When they arrive in Baltimore, the plan then was is they didn't want to get him out of the car. So they bribed some more people to actually unhook the passenger car in Baltimore, hook it up to a team of horses, and then take that team and the, with, the, with the car in tow over to another train station, and then go through to Washington. Now, it's in the middle of the night. All of the secessionist agents are still asleep. Now, they've gotten their marching orders. They, they know who's going to actually pull the trigger, everything. They're ready for the plan to spring. But it's in the next 12 hours, not at this point. They, they're not even awake at this point. 
So the, the plan goes off without a hitch in Baltimore. They get him, they unhook the, uh, the car. They're going through town. I thought this was interesting, Glenn, because Lincoln still, I don't think it really hit him. As far as what Pinkerton said was that, you know, his spirits were high. I think that he was kind of into this whole, you know, Civil War era James Bond type thing, to be honest. He, he, I think he was almost kind of excited about it. But then as they're driving through town, he heard people singing Dixie. And Pinkerton said it was at that point that the weight of just how split the country was really hit home at that point. And he could not believe that this thing, this politics was, was driving men to kill each other. And that was a big turning point. Eventually, they got him hooked up to the other train. He goes through Baltimore, lands in Washington, D.C. I think it's 6 a.m. that morning, right when the secessionists were starting to get their plan ready to spring into action. Word hit. They realized that they had been foiled. It was all due to Pinkerton and his agents. That would have been yeah. fascinating if one word of it was true. <laughs> yeah, Jason made it all up. Uh, <laughs> no, really inc- interesting. I mean, yeah, the very. fact that they're, the, the same procedures being used today by Secret Service were developed that long ago yeah. is, uh, is, amazing. is crazy. You know, one thing is certain. There are changes coming. Some changes have already happened, but more are brewing. Oh, no. So yeah. you want to uh, get ready for them. I mean, we all know the possibilities. Talking about a monetary crisis, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, national debt. You're talking about Russia, ISIS, all that stuff. All that stuff. Civil unrest China. we're seeing. What about uh, China? Today. Don't forget them. China. No, we're talking about uh, civil unrest as well is a yeah. big one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, and you got to be prepared for whatever whatever does. Yeah, as our new leadership takes shape, uh each moment, well, all of us should this moment, in fact, take a positive step to secure what's important. And that is our future, our self-reliance, mm-hmm. the, the ability to take care of ourselves if anything goes wrong. Yep. Emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply is the way to do this. $99 for a month of food, four weeks uh, for one person. And, you know, $99 is a minimal investment to make for something like this. But if you think about it, it's, it's also just a lot of food for that much money. A month yeah. worth of food for $99? Let me ask a question. If you spend the $99, do you have to eat it in a month, or could you eat it fast? No, no you do not have to. I thought, we that, tried to, that I thought we'd explain that. But you, no, uh, you do not have to. <laughs> it's a good idea, you I mean, know, but you don't have to. It lasts for 25 years. Yeah. Um, so you can wait until, I don't know, you don't have access to other food before you eat it. That's probably the best thing. Huh. Yeah, this I'm is supposed to just shovel it down out of the box. <laughs> and we've talked about this uh, a lot of times, but it's it's really true. It is food that you can shovel into your mouth too right away. It's mm-hmm. not something that, like crack wheat and barley and beans and all the garbage that we used to buy to stock up on <laughs> you don't the need future. The mule to make the, yeah, to you crush the wheat. You don't have to do any of that. This is ready to go with with water. Um, and a little heat, and you're you're all set. So order now, 888-411-5290, or online at preparewiththeblaze.com. It's really time to finally do it. Take the step and get most of what can happen taken care of with a four-week four supply for 99 bucks. 888-411-5290, or preparewiththeblaze.com. Anymore. It's the uh, America's right. lowest rated segment. Jeffy? <laughs> All right. Well, 
It is? And people, yeah, people wonder, why do you keep doing it when you know <laughs> well, you know it's so bad? It's like, you know how, like, when you, when you question, measure statistics, really. you have to get a baseline? So, like, what is, <clears> if we had, what are the lowest ratings the Blaze could have? Because mm-hmm. you got to believe that some people would just tune in, like, by mistake. Right. So, like, what is the what is that number? And then we can see how well we're doing by uh-huh. subtracting that out. And that's kind of our, it's like when you weigh something. You don't want to. You want to weigh the container first. Oh, so you know how is, much that weighs. The word is, and we're, these are just pre- preliminary numbers. We're still looking into it, but it's the only segment that ever hit negative numbers. Yeah, we don't uh, know how. We don't even know how it's possible, but yeah. somehow it, it is. <laughs> and people are not hearing this, obviously, because we're gone. <laughs> All right, go <laughs> ahead. What? Jeez. Uh, first, I want to talk about something that uh, uh, we have talked about on this program quite a bit about uh, babies. We're what talking they about are babies before they're born. Oh well, they, you know what are they, they are. They're, are they broccoli? They're, broccoli. they're Brussels they sprouts. Sometimes a Buick or a Volkswagen. And uh, this couple mm-hmm. uh, went in for an ultrasound, and the dad uh, notices the baby has an odd shape, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, reports on it. Do we have a clip of that? I think we that we do. Yes. Actually. All right. Let's, watch. Let's take a look. If you're the type who sees faces in clouds or the Virgin Mary in grilled cheese, then you'll understand why the parents-to-be oh, saw this sonogram yeah. and knew they were having a baby. Uh, it's a car. car. It's a car. Even if the ultrasound tech didn't get it. I said, that looks like a sports car. She's like, what? Mike and Rena Roberts were so amused that Mike posted the sonogram on Reddit. Where everyone began guessing what car. kind of car Reno was having. <laughs> You're having a Chevy. Your new Nissan 370Z. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, but that's a PT Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good one. No, Mike I thinks didn't. of the baby as a Bugatti, one of the world's most expensive cars. That's a is nice it a boy? Car is uh-huh. it a girl? We know it's a boy car. She so what cute. if this is Look actually an image of the baby's femur, thigh bone being measured? Huh. Missouri couple is savoring the posted puns. <laughs> Just remember to tell your wife when she's delivering to make sure to give it one last Porsche. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Actually, I think the final total was that it was the Ford Fetus. The Ford Fetus <laughs> is funny. <laughs> fetus I mean, is there it is. There's proof of what the left has been yes, saying all is. along. That it could be a Buick. You don't know what's in there. You don't know. You don't know. It's a bunch of cells that sometimes yeah, a Volkswagen will pop out. That's not life. Go ahead and remove it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you know removing a bumper from your car that's bent. Of course you're going to remove it. Tear it off. It's about time. And and there's proof right there. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happens that we I'm really sick of all the time is there's no common sense. Mm-hmm. No common sense left at all. It uh, doesn't matter what's left. And we hear these stories often from time to time. Uh, we, just, do we hear them often or from time to time? Often is okay. time to time. <laughs> oh, no, it is. Yes, it is. Well, no, it, it is. There, there certainly would be a need to yeah, say both. There wouldn't. It'd be like we hear them always, always. Why would you do that? I mean, that was because stupid. You hear them always, always. Go ahead. I don't know why we do it. I have it. no idea. Um, this it's like my kids Florida. will sometimes say, I always usually do that. I'm like, well, is it always? or it is usually. Is it usually? Always is. Which, which no, one? always is not usually. No, it's not. So or at least go, usually is not always. Usually is not always. Always can be usually. You're always stupid, so why don't you continue that? Because usually I'm... <laughs> uh, in Florida, uh, they have a rule that says uh, T-shirts can't have large logos on them. Uh, it's part of a large. It's part of their larger program that aims to improve discipline and academics. Uh, this boy uh, in Florida, uh, Newport Ritchie, uh, beat cancer twice as a child to remove. Uh, they told him, "Hey, you're wearing a cancer. I beat oh, cancer shit. shirt. 
take it off. You can't wear it in school. You got to be kidding me. So Tyler Powers is his American Cancer Society T-shirt. It beat cancer twice. Now he's 16 years old. He's already he's already fought it off twice. And they're telling him he can't wear his t-shirt. Just a story of no common sense. It just pisses me off. Yeah, well. that's, that's, I, that's, that's I, I, it's all that zero just, tolerance bullcrap. You know, stop it. That just drives me crazy. Kind of seems like you uh, care about somebody. I don't care about the kid. I care about the t-shirt. Well, why can't you wear the t-shirt? Are you kidding me? I was going to say, some, kid. it seemed like there was almost empathy in Right. That. No, it did. Oh, it did. But no, oh, of course no. not. I care about the school stupidity. Right. What else? Yeah. Is that it? Are you uh, actually? And we talked. Uh, Stu and I talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, going on trips, and you were talking about how you don't uh, uh, like Netflix because you can't download offline. Right. right? right. Amazon download. will let you do it, but yeah, there's a new story. Netflix is considering doing that uh, very soon. Mm. Uh, so they're getting they the should. heat from the Amazon users. Good. 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 Uh, about not doing that. That's really good. Yeah, because when you're on a plane and you can't have internet, or you don't have internet that has you know streaming speeds. Uh, you gotta be and able to. I think on a plane, no, no internet has no. streaming speed, right? No, no they haven't quite working. overcome the fact that they're going 600 miles an hour and they're 40,000 feet in the air, like, and, they, and you can't stream my video. What the hell? Like, what am I doing on this flight? What kind of country do we live in? What Solve kind? it. What Solve kind? it. Fix it. Fix I mean, it. I mean, if you're going 1,200, maybe I'd understand, but 600 miles an hour, you can't get high-speed internet. Easy. Uh, That's it's unbelievable. Easy. Um, Nick Saban, head coach, University of Alabama, number one team in the country, yes. been the number one team in the country, will be the number one team in the country from well, now until he turns. They're, they're posers. They haven't played BYU yet. So. <laughs> Have they not played one time, BYU and Alabama? No, they've played. No, they. I think they played literally once. In 1829? No, it was 1997, I think, and it was. Uh, oh, wow. It's 31-17. Alabama, I believe. If that's right, I'm going to go back and look at that. If that's actually go, go right. look at it, because I'm pretty sure it was 1997, and I think the score was BYU Alabama. Now 28-21 is coming to my mind, but it might have been 31-17. This is one of the two. We'll check so anyway, out and get back uh, to you. One of the things that we know that the head football coaches in college are, uh, you know, really busy, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they got a lot of things on their mind and and uh, coaching to do. But his answer yesterday. Uh, kind of a little frustrating. I'm not sure that I liked it. He backed it off later on in the press conference mm-hmm. uh, and explained kind of what he meant. But uh, here's Nick uh, when asked about uh, Election Day. Okay. First, wanted to get your thoughts on yesterday's presidential election. And secondly, do you feel like it's best for active coaches <laughs> ask a to avoid I know that. talk I know publicly? That. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't even know yesterday was election day. Oh, um, so, so stop, stop right there for just a second. Let's see, that's what I mean. I, what? I, I get the whole thing yeah. about not asking the college coaches, right. Right. you know, all that. That's stupid. But come on, Nick. Come on, man. Oh, you got to know what, that it's election day. But my guess is what he's trying to say is I'm not thinking well, about and that. He walked, I'm and he walked busy. back here. And I, and I think yeah. this, hopefully this clip has the, uh, the full walk back of him trying to get out of it. It's not a walk back. Well, to be honest right with you, I didn't even know yesterday was election day. Um, so yeah, you're gonna it get was so important to me that. that I didn't even know it was happening. See, um, we're wow. focused on other things here. Uh, I don't really make political comments. Um, so oh, if I say I like one person, that means that everybody that voted for the other person doesn't like me. So why, why would I Good point. do that? Um, you know, you I want what's show. best for our country. I'm not sure I can figure that <laughs> out. Uh, I want what's best for you, you know, get, people who want to improve the quality the right, of their right, life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I hope whoever our leader is uh, will certainly do all that he can do to make our country safe and improve the quality of life. Hmm. A lot of the people you that? You know, that uh -huh. we have in this country, and I don't think I'm think qualified to determine so do. I think you got our answer. So he did, though. Be. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I get the whole thing. That just kind of bugged me a little bit. Those head football coaches, while they shouldn't be political, I'll give you that. His answer could yeah. be, look, everybody's going to talk about politics. To act like you're on. too busy. To take right. care of Even your responsibility to, to exaggerate. Yeah. I can't be bothered with the election for president because I'm head coach at Alabama. Right. That's a bad signal right. to yes, say. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. and right. I think what he's trying to do is exaggerate, essentially. He, like, I'm not is. in that world at all. Would you, I mean, yeah. you don't need to do it that bad. That's right. just a really that was That was a bad answer. Okay, one but, more real quick. we got, we got to get to... Uh, no, no, I, I want to get including to the spoons to get to. All right, well, that, we can be done. Okay. We can be done. All right, come back. I want to get to that list. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Back in a second. Correction, by the way, uh, I was oh. way off on the BYU-Alabama thing. It was not 1997, it was 1998. And uh, it was not 31-17 or 28-21, it was 38-21. Well, yeah, they reminded you on the feed, too, man. I mean, yeah, thank you. 38-31. Huh? They reminded you on the feed to a bunch of people. Did they? That. And well, my favorite was, BYU was unable to gain a victory against the Crimson Tide, losing 31-38 to at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Yeah, yeah that's a copy-paste job right there. Yeah, it By is. By the way, Sean Alexander, five touchdowns in that game. He was a so former good. NFL star. Uh, he ate BYU up. I guess so. All good running backs ate BYU up. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, Dan Andros uh, from FaithWire.com uh, and formerly of the Blaze. From FaithWire.com. Yeah. Dan Andros. Nice. Um, Dan, you wrote a, a really interesting article about the uh, election because, I mean, we've been through all this together. Um, but you saw Van Jones on TV having quite a moment. Can you talk about it? Yeah, I mean, he was getting very emotional, and uh, and he was so upset um, at the you know at the results that were coming in. Um, and I quoted some of it, but I mean, it was pretty. It just stuck out to me because it was very you know as much mm -hmm. as you know it's hard to condone a lot of the things Trump said on the campaign trail. You know, the, the fear mongering seemed pretty uh, exaggerated. You know, and he's saying that you know how do I explain this to my kids? And parents right now are afraid to wake up and you know, get face breakfast the next day. And I'm like, okay, so that's a little bit extreme. And, and he actually drove himself to tears, which was this, the moment that it hit me, at, you know. Uh, it's pretty easy to explain to the kids. You just tell them, kids, in January, you're going to die. <laughs> that's all you do. That's all. Uh, because right. we have uh, President Trump, and he's going to kill you yeah. on January 21st. <laughs> right, it's, just, it's just cut and dry. So just in, don't whine about it. Just enjoy your yeah, time just, that you have left. Right. Uh, get him prepared for it. Just get him used to the idea. And then when it happens, it's not so bad. Uh, but, but it is something real, I think, that you know everyone goes mm. through. And, and I don't know. I don't remember the left noticing this at all when Obama won or giving these breaks. No. But, I mean, in 2008, a lot of conservatives right. felt the same way. I mean, yeah. it, maybe you were too emotional. And you, you, you kind of mentioned that you went through some of that working here with Glenn. Well, yeah, and I think looking back on it now after eight years, and I think Glenn's been going down this path, too, just from some of the things I've been seeing him say recently. Um, and, you know, what, the fears were just a little different. I mean, uh, you know, to some degree with Obama, I mean, it was like, 
from the things he was saying on the campaign trail, I think the general feeling you could sum it up is that, okay, we're electing a guy here who doesn't really seem to like the, a lot of the America that I like, and he wants to change it all, a fundamental transformation, and, uh, you know, promoting a lot of socialist policies and things, obviously. So mm-hmm. my regret and what I said that maybe, you know, we handled, you know, incorrectly at the time and looking back on it was we went to the far extreme to get attention and, you know, would go, you know, not that I disagree with any of the core principles and things that we were fighting for in the policies. I still don't like the policies uh, that he was promoting at the time. But, you know, just the way we handled it and being like going to the, ex- the farthest possible worst case mm-hmm. scenario before arguing it, you know, and maybe a more empathetic way um, where now I feel like they're doing the exact same thing right now. I'm seeing me mm-hmm. and them now, but just on the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm trying to tell them, Hey, it's not worth it guys. You're, you're going to go eight years of this and you're going to be right. all riled up and it's not worth it. And we survived Obama. Right. We, you know, I, I, I had this realization just recently, Dan, we, I mean, as bad as we thought Obama was and knew he was, and as Marxist as his policies, we believed were, we yeah. uh, and he did do damage to the nation. There's no right. question in my mind about that. He's hurt us, uh, but we survived. We lived right. through and, it. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's not to soften like bad policies. Right. And that's what I said in the article was, by all means, there's going to be things we disagree on vehemently. Mm-hmm. Keep fighting those things. But it's when we lose the ability to, you know, see each other as humans and go to this. And I feel like that's. I just know from my personal experience writing about Obama every day, I, I probably didn't view him as an actual person. I just viewed him as this thing that was pushing these things I hated. And it was just like, you know, and it was just like fight, 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 fight. And you just, you know, the human part of it kind of got, got taken out. And I feel like they're doing the same thing now. When I look at, you know, people are literally, I'm getting reports, you know, from, from coworkers and stuff here in New York City that, you know, people were crying in the subways. Like, <laughs> I mean, and you, oh, you know, and it's yeah. like, Guys, like it's first of all, you're in New York, like, you know, you don't have to be afraid of the scary conservatives here in New York. Like you're going to well, be especially OK. But Trump, Trump is. I mean, he's been there the whole time. You do realize mm-hmm. all the buildings you're probably in. He owns I mean, right. is not a. Uh, right. And, you know, and so and Van Jones. Okay, I'm losing him there. Uh Oh, oh no. Oh, well, oh, no. Trump cut it off. We mentioned about it. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, no, no. Van wow. Jones did talk about the white lash. The white lash, right. Which, by the way, is funny because uh, I think the status come down. And, you know, they're exit polls. You can never fully trust them 100%. But I believe uh, Donald Trump got 58% of the white vote and uh, Mitt Romney got 59% of the white vote. Like, Romney, it was not a white lash. It was but a. This is white lash. Right, but this is white lash. Even though he got a lower percentage, it was just that, the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, there was not a huge turnout. Uh, and by the way, Barack Obama was elected twice. I mean, right. You know, if there was such white lash, wouldn't we have exhibited it? No, we just discovered he was black. That was the problem. We thought he was white in 2008 and 2012, and then we finally discovered it. Uh, so, Dan, I think you're back with us now. Um, yeah, you know, sorry about that. That's okay. I know Glenn has been on the same sort of uh, thing. And, and it, you know, I read the article, and um, I, there's, a, it's a, there's a really good lesson there, I think, in that, like, you try to put things in perspective and step back mm-hmm. a little bit and realize that these things shouldn't run your life. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I, I, got, I got the impression, going through these same things with you, as we all did, that you were uh, almost a little too hard on yourself. It's like, 
you know, putting things in a in a way that you try to communicate with other people, and, and you made we tried to make things interesting. You mentioned like the boiling of frogs show. Some of that right. stuff is obviously ridiculous, but it's entertainment, right. and I don't it's think for fun. Yeah, I, I I almost connect as much with maybe even more with the idea that letting it affect ourselves emotionally is is really the real bad part of that because you can joke about stuff, you can mock stuff. I don't feel like the need to to turn that off. It's just the other side of it is. You can let it ruin your life. You can mm-hmm. let it so you don't yeah. enjoy your time with your kids when you're home. And that stuff has just got to end. Right. Or it just becomes impossible to interact with somebody who's on the other side of things. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, and I don't think I ever got quite to that point. But, I mean, you know, when we were in the heat of that and, like, fighting, you know, Obamacare stuff, I, I think there's a line you cross and only you can know it in, inside of you of when you go from just being fighting for something versus you're mean spirited, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like I probably crossed that line lots of times, you know? Um, but I mean, you, and you look at now, I just see them doing it like Aaron Sorkin. I don't know if you guys have yeah, covered yeah. that at all, mm-hmm. but you know, that ridiculous thing, like, and, and them just lump, I mean, 60 million people voted for Trump about or whatever the number yeah. was. And it's like, they're lumping 60 million people as all racist, all bigoted, all dumb, all hicks. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, they can't, they're having an inability to get themselves out of their own shoes, have any level of empathy to find search any possible reason why you'd be not voting for Hillary Clinton. Like, I don't know, maybe the fact that she loves Planned Parenthood and, uh, you know, we don't want the slaughter of innocent children to continue over and over and over again with unimpeded. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why somebody who might not necessarily love Trump's rhetoric and the way he's handling himself, the type of person he is, that would still vote for him. Sure. There you go. Uh, Dan Andros, it's uh, faithwire.com. Dan, we're about to try two new flavors of Pop-Tarts. Uh, <laughs> oh. Watermelon Pop-Tarts, which I'm a little skeptical of, and chocolatey caramel oh, those uh, are Pop-Tarts. Good. Those oh, sound really yeah. good. That sounds good. Oh, now, big oh, question yeah. for you on that. Are you going to toast the caramel one? That's a we uh, need to. interesting we perspective, Dan. I'm glad we brought we you should. on. We should. We uh, should. That does seem like, in fact, Makes it seems happen. like... We should have one of each. I kind of want to yes. try one cold and one one room temperature. One. Make it happen! All right, we'll, 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 we'll put somebody Never on that. does that kind of thing. <laughs> All right. All right. Any, anytime, hey, anytime you guys need somebody to try a New York food because you, it's not available to you, I'm happy to do the <laughs> review and on I, your tab. I like that. Every once in a while, like the Cronut was from New York when they had the croissant donut. That was the first mm-hmm. one there. We, we could send you mm-hmm. and, uh, and have, because I mean, that's the really, we just really, I just wanted to get your opinion on the Pop-Tarts. I didn't really care about any of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, me either. Okay. Actually, <laughs> I didn't care about my opinion on that either. I just wanted to talk about Pop-Tarts. Okay. Dan Andrews, Faithwire.com. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Dan. All right, guys. All right, back in a second with Spoons. <clears throat> Jeffy, get on the toaster. Get, get, get that going. Nope, we don't have one. Sorry. I know we have one. There's no, one I just of the look, other. Just looking at where I go. They got rid of the toaster. Yeah, they no, there's a toaster no, oven in there. Up. They can't put it in. What do you mean they threw it out? They can't put no, it in. They can't. They don't have it. All right, triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Let's get. To, I want to make sure we get our promo for a wonderful world of stew uh, in. It's uh, tomorrow night, big special, starring Jeffy, starring Pat, starring myself, starring Dan Andros that you just uh, saw. It's a, uh, a post election special um, about uh, the election between Harold Flumlasky and Ernie Velveeta. I think you'll like it. I think so too. Um, so uh, we'll get that up to you in a second. Here's our spoon segment today. We have watermelon pop tarts. And chocolate caramel. We're going to start with first. Let's start chocolate caramel. Uh, first. Let's start with the watermelon, then we'll wash okay. that icky taste oh. out with the oh. 
That's chocolate caramel. Would, that would have been a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Should have done that. Why are you eating them already? I don't understand. Wait, so the Jeffy had the best point here, which is if you break them <laughs> mm-hmm. into half like this, you still, have, you still have the uh, the Trump border wall here, which is terrible. <laughs> so then you break it again, you go to quarters, and then you got the nice, like, look at that. It's like a slice of pizza almost. Mm-hmm. Watermelon pop traps. Here we go. Uh, the watermelon taste is subtle enough that it doesn't overwhelm mm. the Pop-Tart. It just kind of adds a tang. It's not bad. Not bad. I mean, I mean... I think I mentioned I, I am not crazy about the, the watermelon, taste. watermelon flavor. Uh, I was worried it was going to be overwhelming. It's not. Jeffy it's not. is now toasting, by the way. Well, um, I had it set on high, so I had a, we're, we're good. These are warm. No. All right. Let me try. Whoops. Should we go watermelon first or bring the watermelon right back? Uh, maybe bring, bring them both over. And, and then we also have chocolate caramel. Oh, so, my. Yeah. Uh, Dan made that great point uh, in the interview. It was really the best part of the interview mm. uh, when he discussed... <laughs> Warming them first. Warming them first. Because, as we all know, they're better warm. Yep. Uh, toasted. So here's a and warm, here's warm watermelon, though, does not sound good to me. Let's a warm it. watermelon. Not bad. Mm. Yeah. Even That's less good. watermelon-y. Yeah. I, plus, I actually liked them better cold. Plus, you're used to eating watermelon cold. That's why. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I think so. But that's part of the experience, Jeffy. Um, and then we have chocolate. <laughs> now the chocolate caramel. <laughs> okay, um, hot one first. You go to cold one first. Yeah, I was going to do hot one first. Okay, I got the hot one. Now here's chocolate caramel. Now cold this one I expect to be very good. good in a warm uh, vibe. This one's got the little caramel icing with the good. chocolate. Here, nice little design. I broke mm. it into quarters already. Uh, here we mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. This is a good move for Pop-Tarts. Yes, because toaster strudel is so far superior to Pop-Tarts that they're almost not even uh, the same species. I disagree with that, but... You no. disagree with toaster perhaps, strudel being superior to pop tarts? Perhaps like they're Pop-Tarts. superior eating, but the pop tarts are such easy access snack foods. Can you just you know, pop them right Breakfast out of the bag? Yeah. I don't like the effort you have to put in the toaster strudel in the ice. Way it's too, too much. much. <laughs> I agree. That's where I'm at, Stu. Thank you. It's Thank too much. you. That's that is sheer laziness. But listen, it's it's too, too much. All right. For fatties like us, come on. It's worth the effort. It's worth the effort. Oh, boy, man. I couldn't Fair. disagree more. Here's what I will say. These are good. I like it warm. Um, they're both uh, the chocolate one is much. It's almost like a brownie, like a, a caramel chocolate brownie. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I could I could stand for the caramel to be more prevalent. Yes, I than agree. it is because mm-hmm. so, I really like caramel. I would say I like the water one, or as you would say, caramel. The uh, the caramel hot. So there you go. Um, let's. Uh, what, what, uh, let's but they actually have the caramel inside too. Yeah. All right, let's Which do a good. quick look at this weekend's episode of The Wonderful World of Sit. All right, let's do. Oh, we got to get the promo. In 2016, a political battle rages. Two candidates unleashing unrelenting waves of spite and rhetoric that will shape the face of politics for the rest of time. No, not them. Friday, tune in for the Harold von Lasky, Ernie Velveeta congressional election extravaganza. The future is in your hands. Wonderful world of stew. Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Blaze. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our scale is one to 18 because Jeffy only knows the number 18. Uh, Jeffy, what do you say on the watermelon ones? How would you 18. rate these? <laughs> what would you say? Uh, the watermelon is probably you know maybe a six or seven something mm-hmm. like that. I, okay. But the chocolate man, no, the chocolate we're pushing into the teens. Chocolate's pretty good. Is there yeah, a number? Or, Do you not know uh, a number in the teens? What, what's the... Uh, are you just... Korea, we have a 10 seconds. 13. Come on. 13. Tip hat. I'm going to give it a 12. 12. How about watermelon? 5. 
I get watermelon and eight and caramel at ten. All right. All right. See you later.